Chris gets roasted in the comments for his views on Seiko. We hit or miss a watch good enough for a samurai? Sam sells off his entire collection. And we talk about types of watch collectors here on this episode of The Casual Watch Talk. So, Sam, how have you been? I've been good. I've been good. How have you been? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Let's. Uh, you know what? We should do, for this one, let's do a wristwatch check and a possible obsession. Okay. Yeah, I'm and game. You, and I'll let you kick it off. Well, wristwatch check. I am wearing the Casio uh, G-Shock mod that I did with the metal case. So this was the... It's not the DW6600. It's another model that's solar, but it's very similar. And I added that Alibaba AliExpress case to it that I got. So the whole watch, I was in it for about $150. It's super comfortable. I've been wearing it nonstop. Yeah. Well, and yeah, little controversy with the uh, with the Casio branding on it. But if it is a Casio and it wears like, and you know, how much, what, what percentage of that is, you know, is the actual module or the actual bracelet? So, <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. I mean, somebody did did point out something correct in the comments that the one that's in the metal one's got Bluetooth. It's 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 surrounding metal. It is enhanced. So I, I get it. But I think this is a great little mod for mod for doing it. I need to do a video on it. I have filmed it. I just need to upload it. What have you been wearing? Uh, fun little mod. Speaking of fun little mod, uh, for the occasion, I am wearing my Seiko, one of my original Seiko mods, which is a, uh, the, not the SRP, the SNK mod that I did with my SKX009 dial. Yeah. This is a fun, um, sort of like postmodern futuristic uh, fun watch it's been uh it's on uh, the fun orange silicone band uh i'm pretty right to say that wherever you are it's stupid hot out because it's hot here <laughs> and it's hot pretty much everywhere uh so definitely went for something uh, a little more fun and uh, summertime is here awesome well if we're doing a watch obsession this is going to lead nicely into one of our main topics later, but okay, I hate myself for liking this so much because it goes against what we usually troll Seiko about. But have you seen this 35th anniversary tuner? Seiko I haven't seen tuner. it, no. It's, it looks incredible. The dial is blue to black gradient. It's quartz, a full-on tuner tool watch mm-hmm. they're calling it the 1986 limited edition which isn't a, a birth year for me in fact i was i was well in there uh, long long trousers by uh, then <laughs> after university by then right <laughs> <laughs> not not quite not but quite, it certainly, quite. certainly felt like it <laughs> at least i could spell my own name by that time that's right that's right i really i think they've They've done an absolute excellent job of this. But, of course, with it being Seiko, uh, you know what I'm going to say next, Chris. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yep, limited <laughs> edition. And yep. yours for a snip $2,600. Oh, it burns. It burns. Um, it burns. Yeah, we will talk about this. This is, this is a topic. We have, to, we have to cover this. Because I think, I think some of our listeners haven't been been with us on the whole journey and i think sometimes we come off like grumpy old men about seiko and so i want to just like clear the air <laughs> i think that would be a great topic for the show nice 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 what's been uh, your watch obsession so uh yeah i was i was ready to go uh so they 
I have on my shipping receipt that they have attempted delivery and I ran out to the post post box. I ran out to the mailbox and there is nothing out there. So they attempted delivery, but I guess not to me of my citizen eco drive. So that, <laughs> that obsession rolls on. No, I mean, really like that obsession rolls on and the, the tease. I mean, I posted the, um, I posted the notes of like the tracking. They gave me the extended tracking notes that I posted them on our uh, Facebook uh, Facebook group. Um, and for those of you uh, new, definitely check out our Facebook group. Uh, we've got uh, you know a bunch of bunch of great folks in there talking about all sorts of stuff. So I posted it, and it was just like it's just like every little like this day it was here, this day it was here, this day, and then we moved it to customs, and then we held it in customs, and then we tried to then we handed it off to your. Uh, however they say it, like your your country's postal service. And I'm like, who is that? Because th- that could be like three people, you know? <laughs> so, so it's like... Yeah, I sent a f- watch to my friend in Bangkok. Big shout out to uh, Mark. Um, and it must have took six weeks to get there. And it was it was bouncing around in lax and then it was bouncing around in the bangkok international airport and then it must have took another two weeks to get to him i thought it was lost i was like yeah Yeah. sorry mate yeah yeah i've definitely seen um some shipping stuff that that take at least at least this one keeps like there was like a good solid three weeks that i got nothing and so at least it keeps it keeps updating so we'll We'll see. I don't, again, I don't, they said they attempted delivery, but I ran to look if I had a note on my door or any, like if I didn't hear the doorbell ring, if we're, you know, or, you know, we're working from home. So right. <laughs> we're, we're here all the time now. So like we would have heard someone come by. <laughs> well, we've got uh, two pretty interesting topics, I would say, for the main body of the show. It's not going to be a traditional news type show this week. But before we do that, Chris, we'll have to stick with a bit of tradition. And should we do another thrilling episode of Hit or Miss? Sounds good. Let's let's get into it. This week, Chris, I present to you, it's a new G-Shock, and it is the Hanna Basara MRG, Mr. G, B2000BS-3A. And this is... So this is the Mr. G or MRG that mm-hmm. is the, it's the top of the range G-Shocks that they make. They're typically mm-hmm. around $3,000, but this one, they have gone all out. They're using a, a a specific alloy developed in Japan. They've gone all out with this. It's samurai themed. They've h- highly polished everything. It's a 25th anniversary one, so it's limited edition. You get the little plaque on there. Diamond-like carbon coating, facet-cut bezel here. But it's yours for... They, they do the usual G-Shock stuff as well, which I always enjoy. I always enjoy reading that. But this watch is... Do you want to have a guess at how much this is? The normal one is 3000 Yeah, they had... Uh, they did one of these, like, a couple of years ago, I think. Just like I or you know, or these came out on the scene. I, I know they did a you know the, the sort of this intro, intro, my introduction to them was a couple of years ago. Maybe maybe that's what what it was. Maybe they've had it because I think they've been around for longer. And this is their top of the line range. This watch is normally what did you say? 
Like they're, they're normally around three thousand dollars. Sometimes mm. they'll do a limited edition that's four thousand five hundred ish. I think they did a samurai one where they'd used a special um, technique on the bezel. Yeah. In fact, they've done a couple. That's of those. right. Yeah, that's right. They did like uh, like they actually had a craftsman like you know like hammer it like it was a hammered finish or something like that where they actually had like a, a craftsman do it um all right total shot in the dark limited edition top of the line i'll say fifteen thousand dollars i couldn't find you you have to inquire on the Ooh. g-shock website I but see. i found one on chrono 24 and it's yours for a snip over uh. eight thousand dollars Okay, so we don't. So actually, we don't even know if that's how much above that above retail. If yeah, if we've one, got a G Shock Mister G bubble going well, on. Well, I found here. one other. I found one other online, and that was okay. around eight thousand dollars. So if you look okay. online, it just says I'm interested. Yeah, what do you think for for the Shop of the Range G Shock eight thousand seven hundred dollars? Is this a hit or a miss? I have to put a caveat. These are so tough because sometimes it like I feel like I have to put a caveat on it, and I, I'm gonna. I'm going to say if you're a G-Shock super fan, of yeah, of course it's a hit. But it's not something that it's not something for me. <laughs> it's definitely not up my alley. It's cool. So you know what? I'll gi I'll give it a hit cuz it's cool. I'll do that. I actually agree with you. I think it is pretty cool. I like the design that they've done. It's probably not the color choice that I would pick, but definitely when you hear about the history and the romance of it, maybe they're testing the waters. Maybe the mm. $8,000 G-Shock is going to be. But there's a great video online that shows the factory uh, or this specialist craftsman that they hire mm -hmm. to make these G-Shocks. Yeah. And it's, it's no joke. I feel like they're really hitting that sweet spot that exists between the fashion but also we are actually crafting it out of specialty materials so like you know part of me wants to be like if this was just the colors like they did like what th that funky one where they just did the bracelet in every color where they just like alternated the bracelet absolutely would not a fan of that um because right it just feels like they they pulled pulled parts out of a bin but here where it's multiple colors it feels like there's someone making a design choice and yeah, I think you're right as far as maybe uh, G-Shock is testing the waters and kind of saying like, well, how far will our how far will our fans go? And like I said, if you're a G-Shock like super fan, I mean, if I saw someone wearing this and, and I know what it is, I'd be like, holy shit. <laughs> like, like that's a that's a serious piece, you know, and you're like you're super and you probably have a, a ton of these and, you know, you know what's going on. There was that big celebrity exhibition fight, wasn't there, with Floyd Mayweather? Mm. And he's got bejeweled G-Shocks where he's had diamond-encrusted right. bezels put on them and things like this. So maybe that is the target audience for this yeah, limited yeah. edition, super exclusive. Right, so, right. Yeah. yeah, I think we'll call it a hit then. Okay. All right. If you're right, a target market hit. <laughs> asterisk, asterisk. <laughs> a hit for the target market. <laughs> Before we dive into our main topic, we have a sponsor for this week. And this is a brand that I've covered, or at least a group of watchmakers based in Singapore that I've covered before on the channel. But they're launching a new watch. It's called the, the HVD watch. It's soon to be on Kickstarter. This watch has got some impressive specs, Chris. All the usual that you would expect from a dive watch, stainless steel, 120-bit bezel, but it's using a Salita movement that I've not seen in a watch before. 
It's the SW210 and it's a hand wound Salita movement. Uh, they sent me one over to have a look at. Really nicely fitted bracelet, excellent clasp on here, nicely proportioned. For all you fans of no date watches, which I'm not one, this doesn't have a date on it, but the dial was gorgeous. Distressed dial with the gold indices and gold hands. Now it's going to come to Kickstarter and amazingly, this watch is going to be $399 on Kickstarter, which for the specs, I think is just fantastic. So a big shout out and thanks for sponsoring this week's show, guys over at HVD. Thanks, Travis, for sending it over. And I wish you all good luck for your Kickstarter. And guys, we'll leave the link in the description down below. Well, Chris, this week, I, you know, I'm a big, one of my guilty pleasures is watching the guys over the timepiece, gentlemen. That's right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think I, I really like their channel and it gives you a whole different perspective on the watch community, as well as uh, right. Roman over at the Grey Market channel as well, which I'm really mm -hmm. enjoying. But that real insight into a watch dealer because before i think you had the only insights you got were from paul thorpe and federico mm -hmm. who'd been yeah but the scale that the timepiece gentlemen are doing at it and, and roman over at the um the gray market channel it, it's really impressive but this week they've they've been trying a lot of things longer form videos and these sort of clips but this week what i thought was interesting is they did a shorter show where they talked about their sales, but then they also responded to a lot of the feedback that they'd been getting. So some around that maybe they're a bit too flashy with money and, and people would rather see more watch stuff. So they just addressed it back to the audience and said, okay, oh, nice. well, let's, let's clear up a few areas. So I thought it would be right. interesting if we did that. A bit of inward yeah. reflection and yes. clearing up a few things that we let's, say. Yes, let's clear up a few things. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I, you know, I'll kick it off right right here. We teased it at the top of the show. Um, and Seiko is a beloved brand by by both of us. We both we both have Seiko watches. We both I I modded them for ages. And I think some of the you know some of the stuff that we say sometimes i i think we sort of have to do a caveat like like we're doing right now where we say like this is this is the state of the state so the upward trend the the them going up market i looked they announced basically they were going to start doing that in 2019 so like this didn't happen over a 10-year period this like 2019 they just basically said listen we're gonna go up market um we're gonna try to charge more for our stuff we're gonna you know their move you know they had they had officially separated out grand seiko so seiko was kind of you know on its own to 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 market and sell its presage dress watches its prospects dive watches etc and so up until that point um, you know, I, you know, I, I don't know about you, but like I bought a SKX and I'm looking at my, I'm looking at my notes here. I bought an SKX 009 to mod it in 2018 for $180, right? And, and so if you're just getting into the watch, you know, if you're just, if you guys are just getting into watches, you know, just realize that 
what you know what sam what did you like what was your turn you bought a special edition turtle was it you picked it up for like 350 400 yeah, I, I picked a special edition the save the ocean turtle i think i picked it up for 285 because at, at that time they were plentiful but you're right when i started doing even when i started doing this channel i did a few skx 009 videos i i bought into the the hype of it um you know it, tgv was synonymous with singing the praises of this watch and i bought into it and honestly the you might like the aesthetics of it but the movement really wasn't that good and that watch was probably on its way out but it got such a a buzz around it that i mean i got my i got one like you said 170 dollars yeah. or something in skx yeah exa exactly so from our standpoint from you know again uh, as i alluded to as grumpy old men we used to be able to get these, you know, for under $200. And, and the SKX didn't have a hacking hand winding movement. So you couldn't, it wouldn't hack when you, it wouldn't stop the seconds and you wouldn't hand wind it. So you just kind of had to do the Seiko shake, which, which was a novelty, you know, and it's, and it's, you know, and, and I think that that was fine in a super durable ISO certified, beginner get us all started in a watch collecting hobby 180 200 watch fantastic yep and so we've come from there and so here we are two years later and and now you can't you can't find them i mean besides the the fact that the skx's are are discontinued the your seiko turtles are in the 360 and up range um even even though they might be listed as msrp you it's they're very hard to find less than that and like i said we're we're used to much less than that and then uh, to address the movement you know so this mod that i did this has the uh this is uh, i don't know if you'll hear it but hand winding hand winding so this has an nh35 hand winding hack stop seconds uh that movement is forty dollars you can you can buy them all day. Yeah, exactly. So we just want to. I know we get a couple of comments when we when we we sort of poking fun at Seiko, but it, it does have a serious tone to it, I think, because they're really they're definitely going for the. And some people argue this with Rolex as well, but Seiko are trying to go for that mid range luxury. So the type of things where you get Longines, Hamilton, Rado. Mm -hmm. Most of the ones that you'll find at like Tonneau or something like that, mm -hmm. where they're mm -hmm. up at this sort of thousand, fifteen hundred, two thousand mm -hmm. model, that Seiko are, are reaching for that. But what they're not doing mm -hmm. is improving the watches right. significantly, and that's 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 what. And that's our right, exactly. That's our exactly. That's our main sort of uh, frustration because you're getting, you know, so you're putting the TRDS badge on the Toyota Camry but it's the same motor and it's exactly and it's and it's not a, a no no other upgrade and they're charging 10 you know 15 20% more for something with it and to flip over to micro brands i think that any micro brand so i, I personally uh if if they offer it, if they have a Swiss option and a and like an NH35, I would I would go or or the Miyota, 
like a 9105, something like that. Uh, I, you know, I'm an accuracy snob. So I'm going to go with that. You don't have to be like that. You don't have to be crazy like me. Some of those watches, like the Islander is a perfect example. He, those are in the $300 range and they're coming with Sapphire and they're coming with luminous bezels and display cases and hack and hand wind i mean so the uh, islander can do it then then seiko can do it yeah i i 100 agree check out mark over at long island watches because he's basically without intentionally doing it he's showing what can be done with the same components the same uh, the same movements steel sapphire crystal the 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 same luminous material that's using he's showing what can be done and this is the thing with seiko at the moment is they're charging fifteen hundred dollars a thousand fifteen hundred dollars and the movements in them for that price you can get an eta movement and there is there's no there is no comparison between a Jap the the Seiko Japanese the 7S26 the NH35A the 6L15s there's no comparison between them and a ETA movement ETA movements are Salita movements significantly better mm-hmm. in keeping time accuracy their response to shock their response to temperature variance some of these special editions not only can't find them at retail prices, you know, or below retail, uh, but now you have the eBay scalper problem yep. where if you say, hey, we're going to do a limited edition watch and somehow get it on to a couple of the watch blogs, you're going to get a bunch of eBay scalpers that are going to gobble those all up. And you being a fan of that are, are not going to be able to, you know, you're not going to be able to get a hold of one. Yeah, 100%. And I think this there was a real turning point. I think one of the, the monumental turning points in this was the Hodinkee Blue Alpinist, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Where right. people were scalping them and then selling them for double the price. And those people that were paying that were realizing that it's a good watch for three four $400. But when you're knocking on a grand, you bought right. it off eBay, you, it's, not, it's not value for money. So Seiko are fantastic at creating those everyday watches the mm-hmm. three four hundred dollar mechanical watches i don't think there's another comparison other than seiko when when you could get those watches the dials the seiko dials are stunning but their economies of scale they're one of the biggest watch companies in the world so it's it's a farce to make a limited edition when at your disposal you could make a million watches right. in a couple of months period without even blinking. It's a farce to make a limited edition watch just for the sake of doing it, which is mm-hmm. what they've unfortunately gravitated towards, in mm-hmm. my view. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and it is the same exact thing with can you imagine if they were to economies of scale up their movement, up their different uh, materials for the money um, and really start to, you know, move into that. That's what, that's what we want to see. So we want to see them, we want to see them better movements, Sapphire, everything, you know, come up to the level that the micro brands have now dominated. 
and and let's make it so that the base Seiko is the best value diver again. That's what we want to see. Oh, 100%. And if you had, a, and we've mentioned this countless times on the thing, I, I, I'm, we've talked about it that much. I hope we just, we manifest it uh, from right. our own imaginations. But the, 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 the $1,500, $2,000 Seiko spring drive, the Seiko spring drive, arguably with exception of maybe the um, coaxial movement the single greatest advance in mechanical movements that there's been in you know many 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 years at the at the the, the mid-range movements incredible like to get a to get a a, a mechanical movement within a, a second or two a, a day consistently because of that but they're reserving those for the five six seven thousand dollar grand seikos if you had that in a Swatch, Richemont Group would be quaking in their boots. And why Seiko don't do that is probably because the people that buy their watches aesthetically like them, but probably don't realize that the the movements in them are have not advanced forwards, which I think Mm -hmm. is a Mm -hmm. shame. It's a shame, especially their size. And we'll talk about and yeah, and we'll talk a little bit more about you know, types of collectors as, as we go a little further in the show here. But, uh, but yeah, that's all right. Clear in the air. Exactly. Thank so you. we love right. Seiko. If Absolutely. you love Seiko, we are fans. Let us, we are fans as well. We just think they can do better. We're not upset. We're just disappointed. That's right. That's right. They're always hardest on our favorites. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we mock what we love, except Hodinkee. We just mock them for the sake of it. <laughs> <laughs> Directly. So Sam, you posted a, just a, a very disturbing to me post on the Facebook group. This is why you should join the Facebook group because you get this kind of insider <laughs> insider first. So Sam went and listed, what, did you just listed about, I don't know, like eight, eight watches? Did you list all your watches on there? I, a lot of them, yes. Definitely <laughs> just, 70% of the collection or so. I, I went on and I think we had a conversation. What's funny is because we had like, we had like, I had a, I chatted you something and then you sent something to me and then I got, and then like two hours later, I get on Facebook and like Sam's whole collection is up for grabs on various sites. And I just like, did, is he mad at me? Did he just, did he just like throw up his hands and he's just done with all of it? (laughs) And so I just posted the uh, head explosion emoji is what I went for (laughs) on that one. So, so Sam, what's what's going on? You're uh, you you had uh, you had a bunch for sale there. What's what's happening? Yeah, I, I think what's weird is I like collecting watches, but I don't like having a large watch collection. Which I know for some people, it, it's it's weird. It's it's it does sound weird when I say that. <laughs> I know why that's the case. But what happened was we did um, Todd, who's a member of the Facebook group, he's been on the podcast a couple of times. Big shout out to Todd. He visited Florida. He was on a work mm. trip. So we met up and he came round to the apartment. And as we do watch lovers, I started getting my watches out and showing him, oh, this is what, you know, all this. And then mm-hmm. I suddenly stepped back. And once they were all laid out on the table, I was like, oh, oh wow, geez. that is, that is a Cri- big. Just crisis. Just yeah, that like, is a whoa. big watch collection. And, and I'm okay. extremely fortunate. I'm extremely fortunate. Mm-hmm. Although it's taken a lot of work, but I'm extremely fortunate that the channel is big enough now that companies kindly send me watches in right. for review. 
Yeah. And this is a whole, uh, you know, a whole separate topic that uh, we're going to address in an upcoming show because good friend to the show, Ben from Ben's Watch Club, just did a video on this on watch mm-hmm. YouTubers, which we're definitely going to do a, a show on. When I get a new watch, that is everything that I, I only wear that watch. So I suddenly like neglect my other watches. And then I also realize that, especially with buying the Rolex, I think that I need to focus the collection a, a bit so i did I've, I've sold a lot join the facebook group guys because i always offer things on the facebook group first if it's the or we'll do a or i give away watches um on there so definitely join the facebook group but yeah going back to watches that i that i sold on there i mean really there is only three keepers in the collection honestly i mean i like I like the watches that I've got now. I love my Breitling B1. I can't imagine selling that. But really, there is only three keepers. This this is one of them, which is my grandfather's Casio from the okay. 70s. I've got yep. my other grandfather's Timex. And I've got okay. my father-in-law, um, Alec, who who's sadly passed away nearly five years ago now, five or six years ago. Mm-hmm. I've got his watch which was a cwc watch which i gave him and then fortunately mm-hmm. i got it back in the in the worst way possible but those three watches are the keepers okay those are the per- permanent keepers yeah permanent for keepers sure. right for and sure. then i have basically flirt flirt with the others a bit but i'm really happy with it. i want to <laughs> pare it down to four really i think i'm okay. the happiest when i've got four watch collection even though arguably i've got i'll always have more than that because i've got those three plus the swatches yeah and let's and let's you know and so one of the things that you know we kind of talking about this episode one of the things we were talking about is you know you have a because you're doing the reviews on the show you have more of a chance to sort of have that like inward uh retrospection sort of like looking and and then looking at your collection and saying like all right well this particular watch i like from this one company but like what does that say about me and what does that say about like these other watches that i've collected i think more than anybody else and i i think it's a healthy exercise but as a youtuber probably becomes unhealthy for you i I would agree with you actually it's because you're always especially with the the micro brands that I like to do on the channel, each one of them now, I would say you never get, very rarely these days do you get a micro brand that's awful. They usually, especially the things that are coming out of Singapore, Hong Mm -hmm. Kong, the watches now are coming out and they're incredible. Titanium, Boulder is an ex- a prime example of this, that HVD one, we just did a sponsor for it. Each one is coming out and it you reassess what is value for for money, it, especially in the Mac. Veya, I still think is one of the best, value. you'll never, that, that Veya watch, that tropical one, I just love that one. That one you didn't see for sale um, right. at all. Okay. Being as I'm reviewing them and once I've reviewed them, then I mentally am on to the next one. I think my own, watch collection gets treated like that yeah yeah i feel i feel like yeah and and you know and i want to say you know we're we're i'm not trying to i'm not trying to fix sam (laughs) this is this is not uh i think that there are other watch collectors in the same sort of state and and you know and i don't want to presume that something was wrong you know for for i when i see what you what kind of comes and goes with your collection you know you are You've always been a minimalist so you have that like that like tea kettle 
you know, right, raising the boil slowly on the number of watches. So, you know, you'll get, you'll get like oh, six, eight, say 10, 10, 12. And then of course, you know, when you lay them all out and you say like, Oh, this is, I've got this and I've got this and I get this. And not that it's, um, you know, uh, collection for collection's sake, but it's just how you've sort of come, come to get it. And then you just had this moment where you're like, it's like boiling water and you're like, I can't, I got to get this thing down to three. Three, four. Yeah, and just to just to address one thing as well, I can probably count on the on one hand the watches that I've ever sold for a profit. So I'm not flipping. Oh, them. right. It's yeah. not like I'm yeah. getting them in the churn and churn and burn. Of your three, four, are you down to particular types? Are you filling in? Are you filling a type category? Are you filling in a? You know, what are you, what are, I want to know, like, what are your, what's your three, four categories? You're like beater, your tool watch, your everyday, like, what's that? Yeah, I definitely think about it like that. I mean, of all the ones that I'm, that, that I've got left, I mean, I've still got the majority, the majority of the ones are either on eBay or offered them on the group. So assuming that they all sell, and I've also given a, given a few away that one I sent to my friend uh, Mark in Mm -hmm. um, Bangkok. So I've got the Breitling B1, which I think is an excellent quartz watch and not only that but it feels really nice it was funny because when todd came over he tried it on and i'd not seen it on anybody else and when i was looking at his wrist i'm like god that is a good looking watch you're like damn yeah i'm like damn, that is a good looking watch i've got that beautiful veya that tropical that dive watch mm-hmm. that they made that they i've done a couple of videos for for veya mm-hmm. and not always for a watch in return. I, I I love what those guys are doing, but that tropical mm-hmm. one that, that I wasn't, I reviewed a, a different one then. I wasn't expecting them to send me one, but they did. And I love that thing. I mean, mm-hmm. Yota movement. I think this year, sorry, well, well, say the last sort of 12 months, I've started getting watches with Miyota movements and I didn't mm-hmm. realize because I, I'd only ever had like the 8,000 series before. And I was like, oh my God, this is, this is rubbish. This with the noisy rotor. I didn't realize that there was a that nine thousand is a real step up, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then I've got the the G Shock obviously that I, that I made, and I, and I would I would struggle not I would morally struggle to sell this. I would obviously fully list that it I'd modded it. Yeah, yeah. But everything else is everything else. I'm basically trying to say, of course, the Rolex as well, which I right. class as both an investment and a dress watch. All right, so Sam still has watches. That's good. That's good. All right. And uh, yeah, we I was watching a uh, pretty good uh, video of uh, Not So Obvious Watches, uh, Pete McConville, and we'll put a uh, link in the description and we'll, we'll post it up. But he uh, he was talking about watch collector types, and it was a it was super super fascinating video. Kind of goes through them quickly uh, and talks about it. So so check check out the video. But uh, it's stuff we'll we'll talk about here, and I think it's I think it's real. It relates when you start to ask yourself like why why do i like this particular watch why do i like this one why am i keeping this you know as a as a type of collector i mean i think that you know we love uh, you know we it, it, as humans we love to categorize and put people in little buckets right <laughs> what's interesting about this list is i i don't think anyone is 100% in any particular group and so Pete's list is accountant, craftsman, engineer, aesthete, socialite, and herald. And we'll talk about those a little bit. But 
what's interesting is you 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 can be in many multiple of of the of the different groups now i was looking at it i think even i have certain watches where i feel like i'm a different type of collector for right interesting if i look at a tool watch like if somebody says like all right you're gonna go on a hike and you know you're gonna be in the woods right well i'm i really could care less what it looks like i'm you know the aesthetics of it don't really care um don't really care that it's you know maybe if i'm if i'm going with my if it's a camping trip i'm taking my slr on and i want to be on instagram then then maybe i could be a socialite about it you know here's my cool here's my cool mr g um but for those types of watches strictly um engineer you know accuracy standards materials what does it do um this sort of this sort of stuff is it worth us um listing down the categories yeah so uh accountant is uh you know where to a cost resale profit commodity you know watches as uh watches as an investment uh, these these sorts of things um craftsman uh, very much the personal touch like di- di- is is the watch you know created by a craftsman does it have uh you know how crisp is the printing the polishing these sorts of things engineer uh, is worried about accuracy um the, the the standards the new materials um and then sort of under it's interesting under those three pete lists and breaks it out and, and he breaks it out and says uh you know, of those three, you can be the movement freak, which I definitely like, or I call myself an accuracy snob. So I would say that I'm that. And it's funny looking at even just the first categories that you've mentioned way. I think that I might be in a couple of those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, so your, your accuracy is not your movement freak. Um, you know, that's, that's sort of a subset of those three, the accountant craftsman engineer, because it feels like, you know, if you're, if you're a craftsman, then, it has to be polished and amazing, but of course it keeps amazing time. And of course the movement is gorgeous, you know, this kind of thing, like and perfect, right? Um, and then a seat, a seat, which is tough for me to say, but aesthetic, a seat, uh, all about the looks. So is it is it beautiful to the wearer? Not necessarily to everybody else, but is it beautiful to you? Do you love how it looks? And like I I think about some some of the watches I have where I'm, where I'm sort of like that. Um, socialite, literally how many likes and follows you get, how many retreats. I mean, I had a watch just recently that I, that I sold that was what I called an Instagram darling because it, it felt great to just post it. I could, I could do a fun color background and everybody like, this watch is amazing. And you're like, yeah, it's also clunky and I don't want to wear it. And I'm terrified of taking it in the water. And, <laughs> you know, so... Um, and then finally, the uh, last one is uh, the Herald. Um, so you're about the story, the narrative, the provenance. Um, you know, so the first moon watch, the deepest dive watch, the origins of the brand. You know, you're looking for that, like, you know, provenance, that story that kind of goes with it. I totally agree with this. In fact, as you've been going through these categories, I can think of even people on the Facebook group that would fall into those um, those categories, certainly. I think that this is actually a great, a great breakdown of the different types of uh, watch collectors. I think that I would definitely, I probably fall into the 
engineer and the accountant category, I think, because I do... I am an accuracy snob as well. I, I, mm-hmm. I enjoy a watch less if there is... Say if a watch was l- losing or gaining. In fact, I, for some reason, it bothers me more if it's losing time than mm-hmm. if it's gaining time. But say if it's a watch is losing time a couple of seconds, five seconds here or there, that's nothing. But if it's right. like eight eight to ten, it, it, when you've regulated my watches, you know that I, I get really uncomfortable with them and it changes my view of the watch. Whereas mm-hmm. I know, you know, Stephen on the Facebook group, he... He loves the look of the watch, the the history of it, the the mm-hmm. aesthetics of it, and he doesn't care. Right, about... and it doesn't. Right, and it like it doesn't matter. Which is which we have to, you know. Again, we kind of this this whole show has been about introspection. You know, looking in, in, inter, internally, and that is, uh, you know, that that's that's something that sort of comes with it. So, like when when we look at these watches we're looking at from maybe one of these perspectives that is not necessarily yours. So Yeah, and I agree. And I wish also what, at the moment, I'm in the very much the honeymoon period with the Rolex. Mm -hmm. It's in perfect condition at the moment. And I keep mentally thinking to myself, I'm going to have to change the way I think about this watch. Otherwise, I will never wear it. So whereas I'm thinking about it as an accountant, keeping mm-hmm. it keeping it in resale condition and need to think about it as an engineer or an uh, aesthete where this is my watch this is my tool this is my watch that i wear it's my and if it's if it scratches it's just power for the course um i like the way it looks so I, I, it, and, it, and it right like it, and it represents who you are as a person i mean that's that's important to that group and What's interesting again about this about this is I I have different sort of levels that I could put myself in based based on different watches too. Yeah, I've had watches where the sales process or the or the return process or the you know any sort of like the customer service process has totally changed my uh, feel about the watch and you know that sort of that herald that like, I wouldn't necessarily say like, you know, like the feelings that I had, like, Oh yeah, this brand is cool. And you know, that checks off the accountant. Like it's a good cost for money. It checks off the engineer. Yep. It's decently accurate. And it's a tool watch, whatever. Um, and you know, okay. They've been around and making, you know, particular watches for, you know, 15 years and they've got a cool story, whatever. But then like customer service just falls flat and, and, and you're just, you're looking at this watch and you're just like, yeah, I'm going to think about this every time I look down at this. I'm going to think about this like crazy return policy that they have or or something like that, you know. Going back to the uh, the Rolex, I'll have to do a little shout out for Lee on the Facebook group who got a he got a date just and he's got an explorer and he works a, as a, a a golf course and he was doing the gardening, cutting the lawn, up trees in his Rolex right. and I was rather than being like horrified i was like i wish i wish <laughs> right. i just would just do that you're like you're like right you're like wish it could be me yeah yeah, yeah. i wish I, that I wouldn't yeah, even that's, think about that's it that's very cool and it's yeah am- no, that's cool yeah and it's amazing like how robust his explorer is because i think he had an accident hope you're feeling better lee but at, at, yeah. at work uh, 
and the, the explorer was fine. I think people on the Facebook group were were reading the story, going, "Oh, Lee, I hope you're all right." But everyone was thinking, "Oh, I hope right. that explorer's all right." Because well. the explorer, because we don't want to like. So we like we're talking service costs. We're we talking. You're like, "Oh, I'm fine," but you know, how about? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And then I know certainly the 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 Herald. There's a few people on the Facebook group. Mm-hmm. I think um, mm-hmm. that are, are definitely like that. So yeah. you know, Rob yeah. comes to mind where he. Really really knows the history of the brand and and then uh, Lawrence of course who he really likes the king of the the mid-range watches where he also really likes the story and mm-hmm. the emotional collection to where he's bought that watch at certain periods of his life. So I think this is a really interesting list. I think he's done a, yeah. a good job of this actually. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So definitely check out guys check out the video and and the and the uh, and his YouTube but uh but yeah, I'm going to keep, we are definitely going to keep this in mind, you know, sort of these future watch conversations we have. I mean, I, I try to be sort of open to, and, you know, as we say it, like, you know, we were talking about the hit or miss today and, and, you know, like, well, for that particular person. And so trying to be open, you know, and kind of, and like open to it. Well, guys, let us know what you think of the show in the comment section. Head on over to the Facebook group. Let us know what type of collector you think you are. Yeah, and big thanks to Pete McConville over at Not So Obvious Watches for coming up with this list. It really inspired this show. So big thanks to him. As always, we appreciate you watching and listening. And we'll see you next time on Casual Watch Talk. Thanks, guys. Bye.